This is Lessons in Life, Journeys in Offender Rehabilitation, a podcast from the New South Wales Department of Justice. My name's Jordan and I've been given an all-access pass inside the New South Wales criminal justice system to see the work that's being done to reduce reoffending across the state. This week we travel south to Nowra and Cooma, where high-intensity program units are revolutionising the delivery of therapeutic programs in custody. The reason that it's really important to target these inmates is that these inmates reoffend at higher rates than those that receive longer custodial sentences. I join in on a group therapy program and meet the staff on the new front line of reducing reoffending. They're engaged, they're learning each time they come to group and I think that they're getting a lot out of it. And we hear from inmates already benefiting from the change. I lost my girl, I lost everything I own. Um, it's time I made a change, you know. Finally, the classification committee meets to see each man. These are usually long-term prisoners. The short-term man will be free before there has been time enough to influence him. Significant numbers of offenders receive short prison sentences of six months or less. Until now in New South Wales, these short sentence inmates have had limited or no access to rehabilitation interventions to reduce their risk of reoffending. As part of the state government's strategy to reduce reoffending, Corrective Services New South Wales has established 10 high-intensity program units, also called HIPUs for short, in seven correctional centres across New South Wales. These will deliver intensive programs and enhanced release planning. Dr Jason Ware is one of the key visionaries behind the high-intensity program units and is the Group Director of Offender Services and Programs at Corrective Services. He joins me now. Dr Jason Ware, thank you very much for joining us today. Tell us about the high-intensity program units, or HIPUs for short. So the concept of the high-intensity treatment programs was that we want to focus on these inmates, provide them something that we've never provided this cohort before. But in so doing, we asked ourselves the question, well, if we are going to intervene with this short-sentence cohort, what is it that we need to do? And when we look at this cohort, given that they're reoffending at high rates, then what the evidence tells us, um, which I'll talk about in a second, is that those that reoffend at high rates tend to need a higher intensity of service or program delivery, which makes logical sense. If I think for a second of someone who's depressed, if I take a mental health example, um, if you're depressed for the first time then ever, then maybe a good quality counsellor or psychologist will be able to help you in a reasonably short space of time, four or five sessions. And at least for a period of time, you should have some release or relief from that, those symptoms. Um, if, however, this has been the 10th year in a row that you've been depressed, then four or five sessions is probably not going to be enough. And it's no different for the research into offenders and looking to reduce their risk of reoffending. Offenders who have been assessed as high risk usually have a long criminal history, they've been offending for some years, um, and similar to the analogy I used about depression, therefore they need more from us. Um, yeah, In this instance, high intensity refers to providing a lot of something to someone over a long period of time. The difficulty we have with short sentence inmates is we don't have that long period of time. So what we're doing is we're providing a lot of program hours to these individuals targeting things like their addictions, their anger management, domestic violence, their thoughts, feelings, how to manage their behaviours. There is an end to imprisonment and that end is freedom. But lasting freedom depends on the man's good relations with the community, on the quality of his citizenship. The department wants the released man to live in peace and harmony. 
And the prison system is designed to make that possible, not simply to keep the criminals safely locked away. I'm here with Danielle Matsuo, Director of Statewide Programs, Kellyanne Stewart, Principal Advisor for Women Offenders, and Michelle Ring, Senior Project Officer for Integration. Now you've all been in corrections for many years, and most recently you've been highly influential in the design and implementation of the high intensity program units. Now I've been asking uh, guests on the podcast to help dispel some of the myths around corrections. Danielle, shall we start with you? Um, I think that um, one of the top myths that I've heard, and I think it gets um, perpetuated in, in social media and, and in um, the public generally, is that it's better to lock them up and throw away the key. Um, I think that um, while obviously the justice system um, has its place in terms of uh, punishment, if, if that's what you want to call it, um, for people who have committed criminal offences, um, there is sound evidence to say that just locking people up and not actually providing programs or services can make them worse. It can actually make them more likely to re-offend um, when they get out. And the, the fact of the matter is that um, the way that the judicial system works is that most of these people are going to get out of jail. And so while they are with us um, in corrective services, uh, it's our responsibility uh, to ensure that they actually don't come out worse than when they came in. Um, so programs and services are certainly something that we do um, and there is evidence for those in terms of uh, reducing reoffending over time. Um, programs particularly have um, quite a substantial amount of evidence around um, the amount of change that we can actually see in people uh, in terms of teaching them skills, um, new ways of thinking uh, to actually be able to manage their risk um, and live more pro-social lives in the community. Where do you think that myth might have started? I think that New South Wales generally, as, as the first state, as the state that was founded um, on, um, you know, was built by convicts, um, we have come from a place that is very much um, uh, sort of, uh, I guess, aligned with, and our politics is aligned with that law and order sort of um, uh, approach. Can I add to it yeah. first? Because I think... While the idea of incarceration or prison exists, has existed for like hundreds of years here in Australia, and it might look on the surface like that idea hasn't changed, and we might have, we might be at capacity and imprisoning more people than we ever have before, but actually underneath things have changed and we are progressing and the model of imprisonment has changed. So on the outside, when all you see are the walls, it looks the same. On the inside, we're implementing innovative programs, we have dedicated staff for particular inmate needs, um, we have education, and we have employment providers coming in and we have our high intensity program units that are another innovation that's making prison completely different, a completely new landscape. You know, another myth that is exactly like linked to this one is that to this just lock them up is also the myth that they're just in prison doing nothing or they're just laying around or which in fact has we've already spoken about is not 
true at all. But Michelle, what is the reality then? What are they actually doing in there? It's different in every prison, but um, days are chock full, actually. <laughs> um, some prisons offer opportunities to work, and, and many of the prisons offer opportunities to participate in programs or one-to-one works, uh, sorry, one-to-one programs or uh, visiting with sites. I think too, <laughs> central to that is that... Um, you know, it is easy to sit around a yard or um, and do nothing, and the, so the public perception is that we just warehouse people. Um, and so, we, you know, Corrective Services is really focused on exactly what Danielle said. We receive people who have a plethora of issues, and we try to address those in the time that we have. Yeah. The difficulty Corrective Services have is that we often don't get long enough to do that. But so something like the high intensity program units seeks to squeeze as many interventions into a short space of time to those people as we possibly can and actually that's really hard work and I don't think the public understand that this is probably for the first time um, that people have had to sit and look at themselves and you know I know that across the board that's a really hard piece of work having to go in every day and address something in your personality or in your history that's a deficit that has led you to become incarcerated is bloody hard work and that that needs to be um, we need to really acknowledge that our offenders especially in this program are not sitting around pumping iron they're actually doing the hard work on themselves which is only going to benefit the community. Each inmate that participates in the HIPU will have a clear plan for reintegrating back into the community at the completion of their custodial sentence. Plans will focus on the fundamental supports required to address the health and social issues which can place an individual at a higher risk of reoffending and re-imprisonment. These include homelessness, unemployment, disconnection from family and community and lack of social and life skills. When the HIPUs are up and running at full capacity, it's anticipated that they'll treat up to 1,200 inmates across the correctional system each year. I recently travelled down south to see some of the new high-intensity program units in action. I visited South Coast Correctional Centre and Cooma Correctional Centre. When I was there, I spoke with one of the high-intensity program unit staff, Services and Programs Officer Chris Bloxham. I asked Chris about the group therapy programs that the inmates are participating in. Chris, great to have you with us. Tell us, what is this thing called group? Group. So I guess the best way to explain group is it's a five-week program that we do with inmates to that look at their thinking, their emotions, and the way that can actually affect their behaviour and maybe get them to re, uh, have, a, have a look at different ways that they can make decisions and um, that can impact their life and, I guess, lead to a more positive outcome for them in the future. And what does group look like for someone that hasn't seen it before? Okay, so group, I guess we get guys in. There's a group can be anywhere between 10 to 14 inmates at any one time. Um, and we get them in for four hours a day and they're sitting in just, I guess, a, a round circle with chairs with two facilitators and they're just discussing different topics that come up. And Chris, what is the benefit of that kind of group therapy environment? I guess one of the benefits is that they all seem to find out that they have a lot of common commonalities with one another. Um, I guess they get to work through the content together and they feel safe. So it's about them feeling safe and willing to share um, their experiences, where they've come from, what's brought them to jail, what they, can, what they actually think can um, benefit them and how they can move forward with their life. Chris, how do you think the inmates participating in the HIP who are finding it? Yeah, no, I've had a conversation with the guys that I'm case managing and they're really enjoying it. They're saying that they're getting a lot out of it. Um, they haven't done programs before, so this is really new to them. Um, and because it's so intensive, it can be a bit demanding on the guys. 
um, but they're, they're engaged, they're learning each time they come to group and I think that they're getting a lot out of it. And Chris, what do you find inspiring about what you do? This, the, this role here in the SAPO, it's really, it's, um, it's motivating. It's easy to get up every day knowing that it's meaningful work. It's, I guess, you know that you're making a difference in, in the lives of the guys that you're working with because a lot of the time they come from um, backgrounds where there's been a lot of disadvantage and lack of support. They've often um, burned a lot of bridges with their family members and aren't in contact with their, their kids. And so a lot of things have gone wrong for them in their lives and there's a reason why they, they are where they are. Um, but I really find that this program, the HIPU, um, because it's so intensive and we're really focusing in on those reintegration needs as well as linking them back into the community, um, I find that they're going to get a lot out of this and it's going to make a real difference in the lives. So that's what makes it easier for me to, to come to work each day and um, knowing that you know, what I'm doing is meaningful and it's making a difference. And you can actually see the, the difference each day that you work with the guys. While I was visiting the Hippos, I sat down with some of the inmates participating in the programs and asked them about their experiences so far. I must admit, it was um, early on that it clicked to me that I wanted to do it, um, to give it a go, that I, I, I just had enough, you know? I, I've lost everything. I've lost, lost my girl, I've lost everything I own. Um, it's time I made a change, you know? And if this don't do it, Nothing will, as far as I'm concerned, so. Mm. Prior to coming here, we were, we were all thinking, oh, we don't want to do this, you know, we'll, we'll just bail out type thing. But um, we've all got like a changed sort of perspective on that, like different feelings towards it now, yeah. It's never too late for change, you know, or, you know, you're never too old for education, but, um, you know, just give it a go, you know. Um, there's no love in jail and, you know, it's outside, you know, your family's outside, you know, so that's what is about, is to get you back to our families and, yeah, that's the way I see it. That's what I'm after, that's what I'm chasing. In our next episode, we're being released to community supervision and meeting the team of community corrections officers tasked with managing risk outside the prison walls. So giving something back to the community, to actually addressing those issues that are contributing to their offending behaviour. Now that is really hard for offenders and they often will try and avoid addressing those issues because it is hard. You look at yourselves, if you're ever tried to quit smoking or go on a diet or take up an exercise regime, it is hard to do because they require, it's, a, it's a discipline that's required and it is challenging. For offenders, it's not dissimilar. If you'd like to find out more about the Hippos, visit the Justice website or visit our Facebook page to see our web video series. This is Lessons in Life, Journeys in Offender Rehabilitation, a podcast from the New South Wales Department of Justice. <laughs>